Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right, we're talking about oppositional defiance. Oppositional defiance disorder is actually what it's called from the DSM-5. And basically, it's it's truly a battle of wills. This is a... Uh, it's called ODD by abbreviation. It's a it's a disruptive behavior disorder that emerges during childhood. Sometimes it gets into the teenage years is when it begins, and it's characterized by a persistent angry or irritable mood, unruly argumentative behavior, vindictiveness, and it frequently manifests in hostility towards authority figures. So, you know, all children will really display oppositional defiant behavior at some point, especially when they're tired or, or you know, they're, they're, they've been doing too much or they're overwhelmed. But the behavior is, in fact, normal in toddlers and in early adolescence. But the behavior of a child with ODD is much more extreme and disruptive than most people would normally consider. And it occurs more frequently than the type of childhood stubbornness and rebellion that children may display over a course of development. The oppositional behavior of ODD is not only persistent, but it occurs across a whole bunch of situations and interferes with children's social, family, and educational life. And the conditional effects, it, it really affects about 3% of all children. And it occurs more frequently in boys and girls uh, before adolescence, but, but not usually after. And according to the DSM-5, the Diagnostic Manual for Mental Health, it often co-occurs with depression, and and also ADHD, uh, uh, attention deficit hyperactive disorder, and conduct disorder, which means that their behavior is like hurting animals, setting fires, hurting other people, committing crimes. That's a conduct disorder, which eventually ends up as an antisocial personality. Um, and it also often co-occurs with anxiety and mood disorders. So, you know, it's really, it's diagnosed when it's some to most days for a period lasting six months, a child or teenager behaves in extremely negative, hostile, and defiant ways that disrupt their home, their school, their social lives, and the symptoms can appear as early as three years old. And children with ODD usually display an angry, irritable mood, but children often lose their temper, become easily annoyed, angry and resentful, and the behavior is usually directed at a person or persons of authority. So they engage in really argumentative behavior with parents, with teachers, authority figures, deliberately annoying others, and often blame others for their own misbehavior, the early signs of a narcissist. You know, they are spiteful. They are also vindictive. And children with ODD may also have problems with their peers, although in relatively mild cases, symptoms may be confined only to one setting, like typically a home 
or school. But in more severe cases, the uncooperative, vindictive, disruptive behaviors occurs across a whole bunch of settings across multiple relationships. And children with this disorder often do not see themselves as angry or defiant, but they think their behavior is justified by the unreasonable demands of authority figures who are obviously stupid. You know, the irritability that ODD children display may also be associated with anxiety. But, you know, oppositional defiant disorder is really the most frequent behavioral disorder in preschoolers. And the prevalence of ODD is reported in between 1% to 11% in community samples. And some studies that have been found have about 10% occurrence rate in the United States and 7% in the other countries such as Spain. And there's no one test for oppositional defiant disorder because the disorder often occurs in other conditions. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, the diagnosis of ODD is made after comprehensive psychological evaluations, let's hope, often found in the school psychology uh, where they do the uh, testing for any kind of uh, uh, d- diagnosis that may be interrupting their education and contributes to what's called an IEP, individual education program. You know, it it is a serious diagnosis, and it's not rendered lightly. And a lot of experts believe that the diagnosis is, is so harmful that it implies that the problem resides with the child and doesn't tell the parents what they already know. They deal with their child. It's difficult. So these parents know they've got a monster on their hands and their willingness to focus on the problems underlying the disruptive behavior and their own receiving of that information carries enormous burden for these parents. And the cause is really unclear, but it's it's kind of a mix of, of like biological and social and psychological things that put appear and put to put children at risk. But these factors can include poverty, you know, it really can. Poverty can really cause enormous issues with a child, experiencing a, a life transition, having a parent with a mood or addictive or behavioral disorder, like having a borderline parent, my God, poor thing, or a narcissistic set of parents with a codependent. That can drive a kid crazy right there because they're never going to be on the same page parenting-wise. And so, you know, when parents can't get on the same page, can't set an agenda, can't set a behavioral contract, can't be objective to try to make sure that they're creating a good human being that has values, what happens is they let them go and they're free-range chickens and these kids end up with ODD because they think they run the whole world because they get everything that they want. Also, having a bad relationship with a parent can be enormous, especially a step-parent who tries to be the parent when they're not the biological. With the biological needs to be the parent. They need to be the bad guy. They need to be the disciplinarian, not the step-parent. Unfortunately, many people will delegate the d- discipline to the step-parent and make them the enemy. It's the saddest thing in this world that people will cop out on their ability to parent their own children. Also, having a, a neglectful and abusive parent can be a big problem and create ODD. Family issues, you know, there's there's also, you know, sibling rivalries, sibling issues where they don't treat each other safely. You know, uh, studies link uh, oppositional defiance to harsh, inconsistent, and neglectful parenting practices. Yes, 
And many children with oppositional defiance have coexisting conditions. Most notably is a mood or an anxiety disorder, an ADHD, but there's also language disorders and those and also learning disorders and those conditions at present require really specific treatment in addition to treating the behavioral disorder that is necessary to determine whether a child's poor behavior is occurring in response to a situation to a parent to abuse to neglect to whatever or is it the actual diagnosis along with ADD, ADHD or something else that is co, co, you know, habitating with the child mentally? But, the, you know, disruptive disorders are, are not well understood and children do not set out to be difficult. And that's what we have to understand. They're responding to the world they've been born into. The childhood misbehavior is nonspecific response to many internal and external disturbances. That's not to say that there isn't a genetic component to this because willful people will produce willful people. Oftentimes the ODD kid is parented by another person who was ODD when they were a child. And that's just the way life is. And so, yes, there is genetic links because our behaviors can be manifested in our children naturally by our genes. But also, you know, to be more proactive, it, you know, it's, you have to look at it also as, as symptoms being argumentativeness, vindictiveness associated with external conditions such as conduct disorder where they're rebelling against the world society anybody in authority no matter how kind they are they cannot stand it they want to run their own life they think they have all the answers and it may be most accurate to think of oppositional defiance as a consequence of the interaction of a whole bunch of factors and here's something else that we're going to talk about in later on in the show it's often also tied to autism and the autism spectrum disorder sometimes in the spectrum of autism on the outside of it on on the, on the outer rings of uh, autism can be some underlying idea where ODD and autism are are joined and that is quite possible it happens quite often and it may be an early indicator especially if it's happening at three years old four years old five years old it may be a good indicator that autism is also the direction of the diagnosis at that and god forbid if they're overlaid with ADHD you know you have to look at this as an understanding that we have to follow the line and we also have to learn how to parent these kids and how to teach these kids. And so that's what we're going to do later on the show. Right now, what I'm trying to do is break it out and define it for you. And it's generally up to the parent to seek treatment because the child is not going to do that. They think they're just fine. And also referrals for psychological evaluation and treatment often come from a medical doctor who's performed an examination and ruled out a physical cause. Because yes, if you're in pain, if you're having trouble, if maybe you're having earaches or headaches or migraines, that may be causing the oppositional defiance and it may be a medical issue first. So it's good to go down the medical part before you go down the mental health part to rule that out. And there's no indication for, yeah, that, that there is a, a medication. You know, oftentimes it's not medication that's recommended to treat this behavioral disorder. It's more like a behavior modification where you're trying to extinguish the behavior with consequences and then give rewards when they're not 
eliciting that behavior. But it's really very detrimental on parents and adults and people of authority that are very well-intended, trying to do the right thing. And then they got this kid who is making them out to be somebody awful and somebody to defy. And they're also demonstrating to other kids what they can get away with if they're just as obnoxious and nasty as the ODD child. And so, you know, there's three types of ODD. There is the stimulus-dependent ODD. There is the cognitive overload where their life is overwhelming. And also the fearful ODD. So if you want to look at the stimulus-dependent, they have noticeably impaired uh, also attention deficit disorder. And they also have ODD behaviors in multiple settings. So, so uh, you know, oppositionally improves when ADH is treated. So yes, if you want to treat that ODD, you want to get to the ADHD first, which is the impulsivity. They need structure, structure, structure. If you don't create structure for an ADHD child or an ODD child, they're going to create the structure for you. So if you're inconsistent, if you're flaky, if you're somebody whose no's don't mean no, somebody who has terrible boundaries, somebody who rewards people for negative behavior because they just keep giving in, someone who can't uh, deal with a child who wants to negotiate on everything, these things allow slippage. And that means they're setting the structure, which means that you as a parent or an authority don't have a prayer because all that structure is now owned by them, not you. And you're breaking their structure that they actually took the time to create. And guess what? Structure in a child's life means you care, means you love them. And that's an important thing that a lot of people forget when they're parenting. Structure and boundaries mean you love them and children respect that because you care about their life. But these flaky people that just drift in and out based on their moods and discipline based on their anger, that is going to create an ODD child in life. And it's unfortunate, but that pair, that behavior often carries forward into a conduct disorder, which means they're starting to commit crimes, violations of animals, people. And then it moves on into an antisocial personality, which means they're probably going to end up in jail or doing drugs and living on the streets as about half our population is today. You know, it's amazing. I'm, I, I'm overstating that, by the way. So, you know, there's another group, this cognitive overload, and this is where they start to fall back in their learning. They start back in their, they fall back in their language development and their social processing. So they're not making friends when other people are making, kids are making friends. They're not able to play. They're not able to relate to other kids as well as other kids relate to other kids. And so they're kind of like the outsider. And the problem is, is that that develops a very low self-esteem and they become angry and abandoned. And that causes ODD. It causes ADHD is the cause, but the ODD is the result. And so what we have to understand is learning is something you've got to get on top of with a young person that's displaying ODD. That means we set a contract. We set a schedule. Also, you know, we have to understand that that when they're falling back in their language and their social processing, we need to get them in social environments where they can interact. We need to find ways to bridge friends. And so there's kids in this world that they actually will relate to. We just have to work a little harder to find that. 
All right. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the fearful type. Why don't we do that now? It's it's really they're highly aroused. They're stressed reactively. And that is because their home life generally is in turmoil. Their parents life is in turmoil. Something is changing. Something is going on that has destroyed the sense of structure and safety. So these kids become fearful and they have to make new decisions, parentified decisions as a child, which also creates ODD because now they have to make their own rules in this life because they lack parenting. And unfortunately, in this world, 50% of our parents are breeding stock and the other 50% are parents. And you're fortunate if you have one really good parent in this world today. So come back. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to talk about how to parent these defiant children. So come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Dr. Connie Mariano is a groundbreaker. She was the White House physician to three presidents, toured the world on Air Force One, and has had countless amazing experiences. The one thing that life didn't prepare her for was becoming a widow. After losing her beloved husband, John, in a tragic accident, Dr. Connie joined the one million women who were widowed in the United States each year. While her journey as a widow has been one of intense grief and sorrow, it has also been one of extraordinary growth and rebirth. Now, Dr. Connie is sharing what she's learned, joined by her knowledgeable guests to help anyone struggling with this deeply personal and often lonely journey of their own. Tune into The Widow's Walk, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about oppositional defiant disorder. You know, these are the, some of the most willful children in the world. What's wonderful is they want to define their individuality. They want to grab onto their life. They want to have a sense of accountability and responsibility, but they don't like to take accountability and responsibility when the world perceives that what they're doing is not acceptable. They don't understand that because they're children. And when parents start Googling behavior issues, the phrase that tends to jump out anytime that a kid talks back to them or doesn't do what they want them to do is going to be, oh, 
you've got ODD, you've got oppositional defiance disorder. And it's easy to see why oppositional defiant, that's all part of children's lives. That's how they are. The problem is when it's pervasive, that's where ODD becomes a problem. It's typically diagnosed around early elementary school ages, and it really stops being diagnosed around adolescence. So kids who have ODD have a well-established pattern of behavior problems. But once again, the ODD moves itself into what's called a conduct disorder. And then at 18, they get to graduate to an antisocial personality or a sociopath, you know, gosh, it's just the way it goes. And some kids are designed that way. And some kids come out of their childhood that way because of the way they've been raised and influenced and traumatized. So here's some signs being unusually angry and irritable, losing their temper a lot, being easily annoyed, arguing with authority figures, refusing to follow rules of any kind, even if they make sense. Also, deliberately annoying people just to annoy people because that for them is like a sense of power. These kids are bullies. And if you're being receiving an ODD kid, what they want is your response. They want you to be the squeaky toy. They want you to scream and holler. They want to see your behavior when they defy you. That for them is a great reward because it demonstrates to the rest of the children and everybody around them how much power they have and they get to groom you. So the deal is don't be the squeaky toy. Don't give them the power. Tell them how sorry you are that they're that way, how sad it is that they, they must live that way. You know, witness their behavior. Don't fall into it and take offense to it because then you feed it. Also, they're very vindictive. And what is being vindictive? That means vengeful. They get people back. If they feel hurt, it's tit for tat. They're going to find ways to hurt you, even if it makes no sense in the moment. They're still going to hurt. And children can have these symptoms from time to time. But what distinguishes oppositional defiance disorder is their heart is changed. And what that means is they're living with anger and resentment. And you live with anger and resentment. And guess what's going to happen in this world? Yeah, everything is going to be fight or flight because you're angry and resentful. That means there has to be an answer for every time you feel violated. And these kids feel violated anytime throughout the day for any reason. And a child with ODD will have an extreme behavior issues for at least six months if you want to call it ODD. It has to be at least six months. Another hallmark of this thing is it takes a toll on the entire family system. It is horribly difficult to raise these kids because they're volunteering to be total jerks. And it's sad and as a parent, it can really disrupt other children because you're spending all your time parenting this one crazy. And then you've got three others who are behaving and they're sitting in the corner afraid because it's creating fear factors in your house, which creates anxious attachment, which means they're going to have a hard time having relationships with people or they just want to get the heck out of that house as quickly as possible, as often as they can. But kids who have Behavioral issues push parents towards the extremes and they push parents to become permissive and they're grooming them to become hyper coercive to their behavior and to, to they want that control because they want to groom you knowing that every time you say no, if they push hard enough, there's going to be a yes on the other side. 
And neither of these extremes make for ideal parenting. It's never a parent's intention to reinforce bad behavior, but we often don't realize what we're doing. And so, you know, if you if you tell your child to stop playing a game and get ready for bed and they ignore your first two requests, but the third time you ask, you're so mad that you yell, that means they're grooming you to do that every time. You tell your child to 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 now you, you know, you don't want them to be worked up before bedtime, so you back down and you let them play for another 10 minutes. That's going to cause more ODD because they're grooming you once again. And so, you know, there's other scenarios like your child has learned that throwing a tantrum might give them something that they want. So they'll be more likely to do it again in the future. Yes, we do what's easiest. And both of these type of scenarios can set families up for a whole bunch of conflict. And the more that they're repeated and the more they become familiar patterns of behavior, it's harder to break out of these patterns. And that's why professional help can sometimes be of service. And, you know, you have to understand that the treatment part is important. And if they are getting you beyond your parenting skills, you need to get to somebody who can help you with parenting skills professionally. And hopefully we can give you some stuff in this, in this show to try to help you work with your children. But here's the type of therapies that people often do. Behavior modification, parent-child interaction, parent management training, Defiant teens. These are programs that are out there, and these are types of parent of of of, uh, of of therapy that you can have as a family, and also positive parenting program. You know, that's another program out there that's really really good. So you know, there's no medication for ODD. Yes, oftentimes they use what are called a mood stabilizer because a mood stabilizer will calm them down, but it doesn't get rid of the behavior. And for many parents of kids on the spectrum, it probably sounds too familiar, maybe not the part of vindictiveness, but certainly anger, irritability, defiance, that, if not actual argumentation, these people, these kids are obsessed when they think they're right. They are obsessed with that. And that's a part of autism also. And so we have to be really careful. If you're going to call it ODD, you want to look deeper and say, is it really autism? Because autism is, is another set of problems. And these parents might be forgiven for not noticing because with autism, what happens, their maturity, their development, their ability to stabilize, to self-regulate emotionally as they move through life doesn't move along the same spectrum as a regular child. It, it's delayed, 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 and it continues to be delayed um, throughout the course of their life. So you can't match them up emotionally with a regular person because they're not all there emotionally uh, and, and equipped developmentally to be at the age that they're actually at as they get older. But in many cases, socialization, communication issues also accompany autism spectrum disorder, which also means that it uh, it correlates with ODD because that's what you see with ODD too. So it's, it's some people living with autism, particularly those on the higher functioning end of the spectrum who are likely to be more acutely aware of their own social missteps, more likely to become frustrated with the struggle to get the whole social thing right, not to mention the frustration that comes with the way people often respond to their attempts to get it right. Now, with oppositional defiance is triggered by any rational thoughts or beliefs with regard to how the child interprets other people's words and actions. And with regards to intentions behind what people do and say, 
They like to manipulate people. They are more cunning about how they go about it. They're not as deliberate as an autism, not as predictable as an autism spectrum disorder. You know, the scariest thing about ODD is that children with the disorder may end up being absorbed by thoughts of revenge and malice that extend far beyond whatever incident or exchange that provoked the actual behavior. They build up steam. And they continue ruminating over the injustices in their life. And oftentimes they will dramatically address something that was just a simple misstep in communication between two people. Children with ODPD are defiant and argumentative for the sake of opposing authority. Children only with ASD autism spectrum disorder, on the other hand, tend to show irritability and defiance, not for its own sake, but either as an instinctive response to a frustrating situation or, or quick changes that are unpredictable. And according to some reason that may simply not be obvious for anybody to understand, you know, as a parent, yeah, you've likely found yourself in a situation where your son or daughter refused to cross the threshold to enter the grocery store. And it's the only day you're able to get shopping done. So if you don't have a box of Cheerios at home for breakfast, that's going to mean morning meltdown for sure. So, you know, you have to push the issue and deal with your child in those moments, which can be very difficult if you don't have a system in place. If you look at a kid with ODD, they the point of resistance may simply be to show their own power, their own contrariness to get you to amp up. Because if you can act crazier than them, you're the problem. And that's unfortunately the trap that a lot of parents and a lot of authority figures fall into with the ODD child. You know, they want to create the scene of opportunity to point out how defiant they are of the parent and the reasons that they are defiant of the parent. And there's actually malice in their intent. And they might even actually want to go in the store and browse for toys for some other purpose, but we resist uh, out of sheer vindictiveness just because it's not enough for them. They would rather have this moment of power and get all kinds of negative behavior because negative behavior is better than no attention at all. However, when two when these two things exist together, autism and ODD, it's unlikely to make any distinction between them at first. But when you're able to understand that this this kid is doing these things purposefully, that's when you fall back on ODD. You know, it is thought to be caused by like a biological, psychological, social factors. It tends to occur in families with a history of attention deficit disorder, also in substance abuse, mood disorders, depression, bipolar disorder. There's a lot of brain images that have also suggested that children with ODD may have subtle differences in the part of the brain responsible for reasoning and judgment and impulse control. And also psychological studies have also demonstrated that children who display aggressive behavior have trouble accurately identifying and interpreting social cues from peers. And so specifically, aggressive children who tend to see hostile intent in neutral situations, they also generate fewer solutions to problems they expect to be awarded for their aggressive responses and it's just sad but that's what's out there you know how you treat there's no single treatment for it 
but the most effective treatment plan will be individualized to the needs of the child and the family. And believe me, if you have an oppositional defiant child in your home who's defiant in your home, you are traumatized. If you have an oppositional defiant child in your classroom, you are going to be traumatized. And so there's a lot of, of a need to identify what is going on with these kids so that we can understand it and help. The other problem is, yes, you know, it, it has a strong genetic component and ODD runs in families and several people in the same family may be affected by it. It often begins in childhood with rebellion against adults and their rules and some children with it outgrow the condition by age eight or nine, thank God. But about half of them continue to experience that throughout adulthood. And, you know, if, if you think your spouse is argumentative or you have a roommate that's unnecessarily hostile, these are common ODD features. Sometimes people carry these behaviors into their adult life, you know, like always need to win an argument with a parent or a spouse or continue to fight against the man, the authority figures, society. They leave clothing on the floor just because they know it annoys someone. They, they, you know, can be cited for disorderly conduct by police. These are signs. These are signs this person's oppositional defiant involved in bar brawls, physical altercations, but also this correlates to antisocial personality. Also, they may have a hair trigger temper and, you know, anything can set them off. And they're always uh, arguing. They have constant arguments. They probably have a really terrible time getting a job. And if they get a job, keeping a job, they also feel oppressed by rules. And they purposely engage in behaviors that irritate people. And they uh, also like to violate company policies when they're working for a company. They love that. And they're usually fired for being physically aggressive and heated moments or loud or obnoxious. Uh, in 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 people's uh, company, especially in a work environment, they also have meltdowns during meetings, annual reviews. If they got something uh, that says that they're not so hot at their temperament and their behavior, they can't stand somebody to actually point out that they're a jerk. You know, parents are taught to change their reactions to children's behavior, good and bad, and it takes training. You know, and it's difficult for a parent to remain calm when a child is ODD and verbally abusing them. But don't overreact. Yelling or spanking actually worsens the behavior. You need to stay calm, emotionally neutral, and while they're being defiant, witness their behavior. I'm sorry, you feel that way? It's sad. Just validate, 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 but stay hard on the discipline that needs to happen if they continue. You know, one of the very simple things you could do is count to one, two, three. I'm going to count to one, two, three. And then when I count to three, you're going to lose this for a day. You know, and if I get to three and you lose it for a day, if you apologize with an honest apology, I'll cut it in half. But if you do it again, it's going to be three days. And if you do it again, it's going to be seven days that you're going to lose this thing. And I don't care if you think it's fine for me to take it or not. I don't care if it's a no big deal to you. It's going to happen anyway. So here we go. One, two, and three. That's what you do. That's what you do if you're just beginning to try to extinguish negative behavior. But the better part of what you want to do is think about when your kid is somewhere between seven to 10 years old, if they've got this oppositional defiance and as they move into their teenage 
you know, years where they're hormonal and crazy uh, and think they know everything. What you want to do to stop that train is you want to create what's called a behavior contract. You outline one, two, three, four, five different things that you want to extinguish. And you let them know what the consequences the first time, second time, third time. Let them apologize. Let them apologize and give them half on the first step. But the other part of it is if they don't do any of those things for five days, give them a reward. And that may be more time playing a video game, having friends over. It may be something that they really, really enjoy. So that is a way to let them own their own behavior so you aren't the bad guy. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come right back and talk more about this, especially for teachers. So come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Stuck in a state of being that holds us back from creating the life we truly desire. Regardless of your own blocks or limitations, imagine an easier way to get unstuck and move forward with your life. On this show, Jason Hopkins shares his practical next right step approach that will move you toward the life you really want. You too can be steps from getting the abundance, love, support, and fulfillment your heart desires. Get unstuck. Move forward with your life with Jason Hopkins. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, Please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about oppositional defiant disorder in children, especially. You know, the deal is, you know, for any kind of behavioral change to take place, you as a parent, you as a teacher have to be consistent and transactional. Transactional means void of emotion. You need to basically just be consistently the same when you discipline as much as you can, always identifying the commodities, the things that kids value that you need to be able to take away from them so that they will feel the pain of their own behavior. If you want to extinguish it, you have to be transactional because adult hostility is what they prey on. 
They want you to be hostile. They want you to understand that if you pick up on, if they pick up that you're angry, they're going to build on that and they're going to match it. And then they're going to blow over it. And so the deal is, is that you as a parent have to understand that this is not about hurting you. This is not about disciplining when I'm angry at you. It's about trying to get you to understand the right thing. And you need to stay that way in your discipline consistently the same every single time. Robot, transaction, not emotional parenting. You're not going to solve their emotional issues by negotiating. What or pleading with them, or trying to demonstrate to them what why your brother is better than you or your sister. That's not going to help. It's not going to help at all. It's you have to be transactional in your discipline if you want a kid to respect you. You also need to learn how to praise good behavior because if we're always focused on their negative behavior, these kids are not a hundred percent. Uh, oppositional defiant they're still kids they still are people and when they're behaving well you want to recognize that hey we have a peaceful moment here you're doing really good i just recognize you had a conversation with somebody with an adult that was amazing i i'm so proud of you you know praise praise gratefulness that's what you want to reinforce because if they have nowhere to go if you're not giving them praise they don't know what healthy looks like And so a lot of people are so self-centered that they can't give a compliment to somebody. But if you're going to have a kid, you need to go beyond your own ego and actually step into the work of the idea that, oh, maybe I have to say some good things to somebody. Maybe if I just, instead of sitting there criticizing my kid every day of my life, maybe I should actually give them a compliment so they understand what healthy is. Unfortunately, some people are so egotistical and so set in their own narratives about their children that they can never recognize one good thing that they ever do. And that may be everybody in their life, sadly. But that's another show. All right. You know, you want to be enthusiastic while not overdoing things when you're giving them praise. You want to finish up with like a kiss on the cheek or a hug. And the more creatively you tell your your program of awards and punishments to your child's specific abilities and needs, the better. You know, their needs change as they grow. So creativity is very important, but consistency is the vital part of success. Consistency, meaning I can trust that these rules are hard-pressed and going to stay in place. If you're one of these people that fall back on, well, I'm ADHD, I'm too impulsive, and I just can't do it, I'm just not organized. It's a narrative about yourself. Grow up, stand into it, take accountability, and be the parent. You chose to breed, now do the job. So the deal is, is that we go out there in this world and we're going to shape this kid into something better. You can do this. We all can do this. We just have to put our own faults aside and do hard, which makes your life easier. Yes, hard makes your life easier. It's a good thing to do that. You know, a teacher's reaction to ODD might be to react defensively. And this can really backfire and it creates a power struggle and that student will continue to defy them. And then he may magnify that amongst the principal and everybody else that tries to set rules and protect the teacher. You know, we all have the capacity to learn, change and grow. And, you know, when given the right tools and the environment, 
Students with problematic behavior can learn more productive strategies that will help them have positive and effective interaction with others. So number one, you want to be calm and consistent. As, as a new teacher, you know, reacting with anger to ODD uh, is going to amp up that behavior. You know, you might be encouraged and, uh, and amused by the fact that you've become so powerful because you're asking them to do something. Well, that's amazing that, you're, that, that you've made me so important in your life about this simple thing about going out on recess or actually eating your lunch for once. You know, if you're going to be calm, you have to get back and be a little slyer and understand you do not want to escalate the situation. You want to reinforce what good is and you want to address what they're doing as, my gosh, you're spending a lot of energy on me today. That's really interesting. You know, observe what they're doing so they understand that uh, what they're doing is actually not getting them the power that they're looking for. Also, consistency with words and actions is also important. By the way, if you think about it, as a customer service person, your best customer is the one that's standing there yelling at you because they're actually telling you how bad they need you. If you have a customer that's willing to do that, that is a very important thing to understand. That means that's a loyal customer. But if you have one that walks away and never says anything, that's probably the one you're going to lose. And so these kids are actually valuable customers to us because they're expressing themselves. They're just doing it in a very destructive and humiliating and, and unhealthy way. And maybe we just need to tell them how they need to talk to us if they want us to help. You know, I'd prefer that you use this. I'd prefer that you help me with this. I'd prefer that you would be more like this. Now we're talking preferences. We're not talking I expect because expect is going to create a rebellion. You tell someone who is willful what to do, they will do the opposite. So consistency, consistency, consistency. Also, you want to reinforce positive behavior. Once again, you know, switch your focus rec from recognizing negative behavior to recognizing the positive behavior. Now they feel like you're on their side. You also want to offer them opportunities to earn privileges. And, and taking on those privileges is not a way of punishment. Those privileges are a way for them to grow and learn and participate and also make friends and actually function in a healthy way. You know, you want to offer environments where they did that. I remember we had uh, like hall monitors when I was a kid in elementary school. And usually the worst kids were the hall monitors. And the reason they were because it was teaching them how to be responsible and enforce rules and not have to be an ogre because all the teachers were watching and the principal. So they actually learned how to modify their own behavior by taking on respon a responsible role in trying to help other kids stay in line and do what's safe. All right. Also, sometimes finding out what's going on. You know, sometimes there's behaviors that are happening with an oppositional defiant child that tells you that there may be something going on at home. There may be going something on with their friendships. There may be something going on in their life that is actually disruptive. Maybe their parents are getting divorced. Maybe their siblings are, are fighting. Maybe somebody has died that's important to them. We don't know. But ODD takes about six months to really grasp the idea that that kid has it. You know, it, 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 it sometimes is a reaction. And so we need to understand that there needs to be empathy and understanding if this child is going through traumatic events in their life. 
And sometimes it's a matter of picking up on a student's signals that their emotions are building long before things reach a breaking point. You know, if you're an experienced teacher, you may understand that this child is having some trauma in their life and you want to step in as early as possible to try to confide in them and understand them and give them compassion and understanding. That is what we're here for, compassion for pain. That is our purpose in life. That's the universal language of every human being, no matter where you are in the world, is compassion for pain. If we can do that, we are human. And that's what we need to be when we're teaching these young people how to be a good human being. We need to be that ourselves to them. We don't want to be like them trying to stop them from their behavior. And unfortunately, we as adults will go back and revert to, I'm going to take this bully on. I'm going to teach him a lesson. And guess what? You're just propagating the cycle of negativity in that child's life and reinforcing that behavior. You also want to create a safe reset space. Kids with ODD can learn to recognize when they're feeling overwhelmed and getting ready to challenge or defy. You want to give them a safe space to calm down, rethink their choices, that could be beneficial. And this means the buildup. If you're catching the buildup to the ODD episode, then that's when you want to take the time out and get them into a safe space. Safe spaces are very important if you're a teacher. You need to have them for all children who are having meltdowns or getting ready to have meltdowns or experiencing a lot of change in their life. Kids don't do well with that. Most adults don't do well with that. So giving them a safe space where they can self regulate is very important because they need to be able to do that as adults. You know, as a dysregulated uh, adult cannot regulate a dysregulated child. Dysregulated adult, once again, cannot regulate a dysregulated child. You know, you have to honor their emotions as hard as it may be. You validate, doesn't mean you agree, you validate them. I hear you, you feel like this. I understand you're feeling this way. Okay, so what you're telling me is you think this, I get that. We have to become compassionate listeners, which doesn't mean that we're agreeing. We're just taking it in and understanding their perspective. And by the way, if you're married, you need to do that for your spouse. Even if they're being interred, you still need to be a compassionate listener. If we got better at that and understand that the listener is actually in charge of the conversation, then we understand how to navigate life. But if we're too busy trying to be right and tell you why what you're doing is wrong, you're just being a narcissistic individual who's not going to be well-received in any part of the world, anywhere, by any human being even your spouse. You know, you want to offer choices. This is really important with oppositional defiance. You want to offer, you can do the good thing, which is to show up at this time, or you could show up a half hour later, and this is what the consequence will be. But you can do either one. It's up to you. So what you want to do is offer choices, the good thing and the bad thing, and that gives them a sense of ownership. The more choices you give them, the better they have a chance to navigate their own life and have buy-in to what's going on in their world. You also want to build connections. You know, you can join our class doing this thing, or I can just take this grade off and it's going to affect your grade in the long term, but you can choose to do that. You can choose to do that. It's okay. So they understand they have a choice. Let them make the choice. Unfortunately, if you keep letting them 
make the negative choice, that's when you're going to have to step in and develop heavier consequences. If they keep taking advantage of it, now we need to change the strategy. We don't give them options and and hopefully they go to the positive. But if they go to the negative on a consistent basis, that means we've got to discipline differently. We've got to change it into a behavior modification where there's a lot of negative consequences to what their choices are. And they have to be able to feel it. They may tell you it's no big deal. I don't care. Whatever. You know, it doesn't matter. Take it away anyway. Just do it. They're just trying to get you to not do it by making it not important to them so that they they're basically saying you're not going to hurt me you're not going to affect me but you are simply by the act of taking away something that's important praise 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 for things that are doing well positive enforcement is key to the treatment and management of ODD and ADHD children with secretly harbor feelings from failure and disappointment in themselves that is a part of their defiance they don't understand especially if they're ADHD and they're and they're impulsive they don't know why they're behaving the way they're doing they do you if you ask them why did you do that half the time they don't even know why they do impulsive things because I like the candy because I wanted to hit somebody because I wanted to do this, because I want, they don't understand it. So you just need to go to behavior modification is if you do this, then this will happen. That's it. This is what goes on in this world. Understand that these are the rules. They're not going to change. You're going to either have to adapt or face them. That's just the way it goes. You also have to stay calm, composed, flat. No means no, no, flat and simple. Not a lot of tone, not a lot of verbosity. That means that you've got to back away and you've got to understand that you need to be very transactional when you are parenting oppositional defiant. All right, that's our show. I want to thank everybody for listening. I love hearing from you. And you can do that at voiceamerica.com, the health and wellness and empowerment channels, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now, remember, defiance is often triggered by evil, stupidity, and a lack of communication. Also, your best customers are the ones who complain, as I said earlier. And the more you get to know a musical instrument, the more it will defy you. Also, great change and innovation only comes, guess what, with defiance. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you.